0: This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out of home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics Studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz.
1: All right, everybody. Thank you for uh, tuning into this radio station to listen to the world famous public affairs radio show known as The Adam Ritz Show. I'm your humble host, Adam Ritz. Jay Baker's on the phone with me. Jay, how are you?
2: Hey, I'm doing fine. I I miss our in-studio experience, but uh, it's been a very busy week, so it's great to be on the show.
1: Yeah, we were bragging
2: so much last week about how
1: great it was to have you in studio uh post-pandemic face-to-face in the same room and here we are right back to the telephone but you're right everything's fine we're just busy and uh you know with gas prices uh this not only saves you 40 minutes in drive time to and from the station but it's probably saving you four or five hundred dollars (laughs) in (laughs) gas
2: very possibly
1: (laughs) well jay i wanted to uh start the show today with a, a conversation i had um, with an amazing organization. I was fortunate enough to meet uh, um, the director of a, of a place called The Mustard Seed. And I'll let her tell uh, you and our listeners what The Mustard Seed is, but um, uh, you're going to love this conversation, too. It's amazing what they're doing with furniture. Uh, as a furniture bank. Uh, I wasn't familiar with that term. You can probably guess what that means, but she gets into the details of what this furniture bank uh, does, what the history of it is, and how they got their name, The Mustard Seed. So here's uh, that conversation with the director of The Mustard Seed. We are blessed to be with Amber Catlin College A. Hi, Amber. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you. How are you?
1: I'm uh, fine. Thank you for uh, hosting us uh, here in your warehouse. I'm at the Mustard Seed, which is a nonprofit.org. Mm-hmm. And I guess for our listeners, Amber, just first of all, tell us what the Mustard Seed does.
0: So we are a furniture bank. If you think of a food bank, it's like that, but for furniture. Um, we supply furniture to anybody that is in need through agency referral. So we work with hundreds of other nonprofits throughout um, central Indiana they will have usually some sort of a caseload with um, clients uh, recently out of homelessness, vets, uh, battered women, or even severe incidences like fire. They send us a referral and we supply them with furniture for their homes.
1: What a great idea. So it's like a food bank, but it's furniture. It's a furniture bank. That's the best description I've ever heard. Um, How long have you been with uh, the mustard seed?
0: I've been with mustard seed for a couple of months. Um, This location has been here since 2016. Um, There were the same issues that everyone else suffered during the pandemic. And then we have a great benefactor that got us up and running. We had a lot of agencies dependent on us because we are one of the only furniture banks.
1: So this is not, um... Uh, a national initiative? There's not other mustard seeds around the country? Is this the only one?
0: There are actually two others, but they were all formed by the same person. And so with a non-profit, you can't own it. Um, you have a board and you have a CEO, and board members have a specific amount of time they can serve, and then in theory, the um, nonprofit becomes self-sustaining and then they will move on. So this is actually the third one that they've started. There's one in Fort Wayne that is very successful, and there's one in Orlando that's very successful.
1: Orlando, Florida. Very yep. cool. And where did it start?
0: Um, it started in Here, Orlando.
1: In Orlando. Yep. Okay. So the history of the mustard seed, um, who who started it and why?
0: Um, originally in Orlando, well, it was Carol Kane. And then she brought on her partner, Chuck McNulty. Um, so Chuck is the one that went out and started the second and the third. Um, It was to meet a need that wasn't being met, you know, people need furniture when you are coming out of homelessness um, Or you're in any situation where you don't have furniture It is very hard to get through the day-to-day when you don't have the dignity of a bed or a spoon or a cup It's very hard to carry on so by giving people this basic necessity People are able to carry on with their lives and become successful
1: Amber Catlin Cottagee. Did I get the name right? Cottage? I mean, I'm impressed with myself that I remember that. Uh, Amber's our guest from the Mustard Seed, a furniture bank, and we're in your warehouse right now. You might be able to hear the the fans during the warm months. It gets pretty hot in here. Um, I'm looking around at some of the items from mattresses to couches to anything for a bed, from a bed frame to the headboard, the footboard, kitchen tables, dining room tables. Uh, bar stools, um, Davenports, I don't even know what a Davenport is, but you've got them, <laughs> office chairs, and then like you said, uh, cups, plates, kitchenware, and this is, I, I mean, I, it's high quality stuff. Yeah. This is not, uh, I, I, I shop at Goodwill, I shop at thrift stores, sometimes you can find some garbage there that maybe shouldn't have been do- donated at all. Everything in here looks like it could go on the floor of a real furniture store and be sold. Where do you get your donations?
0: Well, we actually, for the most part, get them from the public. Um, We want to respect the dignity of our clients. So we have uh, standards when people ask if they can drop off. We do ask that they please submit pictures beforehand and then we set a drop off time. Um, We don't take anything that is broken, uh, burned, torn, or stained. And that's really important, especially with our mattresses, um, because we do want to respect the dignity of our clients. If it's not something that you want in your house because it's gross then it's not something that they want in their house because it's gross so yeah. and, and we are very lucky that sometimes we have large corporations um donate uh, items to us that they just have in excess or if they're gently used and they were returned they'll give them too
1: i did see a giant um multi-stack of office chairs uh something that would be in a i guess a like a present a lecture lecture hall uh-huh. like a bunch of chairs that match I assume that was one of those corporate donations. They probably updated their chairs. Uh They heard about you and they donated their chairs to you. How do corporate donations, corporate donors, how do they find you?
0: Um, Usually word of mouth um, because we have so many relationships throughout the community with other nonprofits. Whenever someone is looking to get rid of something, they will usually hear, please call the mustard seed. Or please call Habitat. So it's usually one of the two of us. Um, so then they will just call us and say, we, we have this. Is this something you want and something you need? And we do or we don't. And oftentimes it's something that we really need. So
1: Now, the mustard seed uh, helped me because I did go to Sunday school. Um, my mom would be so disappointed in me right now. But there is a... It's out of the Bible, right? The mustard seed. What is the story of the mustard seed and how does that apply to your organization?
0: So biblically, um, Carol Kane had a very strong faith and mustard seed in the Bible simply stated is if you have faith even as small as a mustard seed, which is itty bitty, then really you can do anything. You can grow that faith. And that is what we do here. If we give people just that mustard seed of furniture, they are able to grow their lives.
1: That is, it all makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the story and- Uh, That's fantastic. Uh, Can you share with us, I know a lot of your um, recipients um, stay anonymous, um, but can you share with us a success story recently of a family or an individual that received some of your, I guess, items and it helped out their life?
0: Yeah, actually we had one this week. Um, So we have a family, it's a single mom and she has four kids. Um, She is trying to do everything. She's into her home. She doesn't have, or she didn't have any furniture. Um, and she was doing everything as it should be done, but just getting that last piece to really feel successful for her children and to carry on as a role model was something that was really important to her. So she was able to go through one of our referring agencies and we were able to fill their house with beautiful furniture. The kids feel secure. They feel success because they have those things. And she feels like now she has her full potential to show them that anything can happen. So that was just Monday. Yeah,
1: there's in that, talk about a recent success uh-huh. story. So uh, digital properties, website.org. Um, how can our listeners help out either through word of mouth? Um, so posting on their social media, or I'm sure you take monetary donations as well through your website. What is that?
0: We absolutely take monetary donations. It is mustardseedindy.org. Um, on the first page, you can see at the bottom links to all of our social media, uh, mustardseedindy.org. And at the top, there are two sections, a section to donate furniture or a section to donate monetarily um, if the donation is within the fishers area we pick up for free so that's four six zero three seven four six zero three eight but as a nonprofit, i'll be very honest our box truck costs a fortune to fill up every week so outside of the fishers area we do um, request a donation for pickup
1: the mustard seed. What a fantastic story. And we'll put a link to your website on our website, adamritzshow.com. Amber, thank you so much for your work and for coming on the show to tell us about it.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Jay, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed being at their warehouse, seeing their um, their inventory, learning about how they, they get donations and, and then ship those furniture items off to the people that need them uh, very, it's a very cool thing. And I, I think you could probably look around your house right now and find some items that uh, maybe you're ready to update, uh, move out of a room and maybe donate yourself to an organization like the Mustard Seed. Could we, could I show up there with a van or a box truck and <laughs> can, we, can we load it up?
2: <laughs> sure. Uh, the, the furniture that I currently own may not meet their standards. There's that possibility. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah you may be better off just driving it to uh to a back alley downtown and leaving it um next to a dumpster yeah no your stuff isn't that bad come on
2: no it's not that bad Uh, but But, uh, you do have to laugh when you look around your living room sometimes and you realize that much of your furniture is there just because uh you're just nostalgic you know
1: Yeah, you know what? My parents have a couch that I've been wanting my whole life. Uh, It was their first couch they bought in 19, I don't know, 67? And it's been reupholstered several times, but it's like 27 feet long. I mean, they just don't make couches like this anymore. No. So... uh, now my challenge is uh, having it moved into my house if if and when I get it, um, because I don't think uh, Melissa's going to want it. Uh, we may have to get it uh, reupholstered in fine leather or suede or something,
2: uh, velvet, <laughs> maybe velvet. Uh, oh, velvet uh, would be great. To,
1: to meet the new standards I have uh, in my house now. So my thanks to uh, Amber. Uh, and all the folks at uh, the Mustard Seed for all the great work they're doing. Uh, And it's just a great reminder for the rest of us, uh, if you have items around your house um, and you're ready to update a a bedroom or a living room uh, and you want to donate those items, there are certainly people out there that can benefit from those items. All right, Jay Baker, uh, we are talking public affairs. And uh, we're underway and uh, we're underwritten by our friends at Vibonomics. You can learn about them through... Vibonomics.com. we've got a link to their website from our website as well adamritzshow.com what's on your uh, plate this week
2: well i want to be perhaps one of the first to wish you a happy summer solstice has anybody wished you that yet
1: no one said it in those terms but um i've heard man i've never been hotter before <laughs> yes uh uh, the sweat's running down my back Uh, i've heard that maybe that's a a similar greeting but i haven't heard exactly happy summer solstice the longest day of the year right we just had that uh, a couple days ago
2: yeah it typically falls either on june 20th 21st or 22nd depending on the way the calendar and the earth are lined up people far smarter than i could describe it much better But it really means that the Earth, uh, as it flies through space, tilts up and down. It's pretty miraculous, actually. Uh, And then when it gets to the furthest northern point, that is called the summer solstice. And that is typically the longest incident of daylight and the shortest night. And then, sadly, you know what happens after the summer solstice? The days start getting a little shorter. Yeah. Probably hard for you to perceive that the first couple weeks after summer solstice, but by the time we get into August and September, you'll notice yeah, it's uh, the days are shorter. It'll still be nice, and many areas of the country still celebrate uh, daylight savings time, but the days will definitely start getting uh, a little shorter.
1: There is nothing like going on a walk uh, through the neighborhood a few hours after dinner and it's nine o'clock at night, and it's still daytime. I love that.
2: Yes. Yeah, it's funny. We uh, we have a new dog at our house, and the dog, believe it or not, is much better behaved if it goes to bed early. And my wife and I have been chuckling that it's like going to bed at four in the afternoon because it's still daylight. <laughs> it's like you know it's like wow our lives have changed you know
1: now do you have to get up super early to uh, let the dog out
2: well that's uh that's part of the cause and effect of everything you know as we go to bed a little earlier we get up a little earlier and then the dog seems to function much better and and you know as we've always recommended on our public affairs show make your life revolve around your pets uh, <laughs> yeah. nothing can go wrong <laughs> no, because <laughs> little animals need love too but uh, <laughs> yeah so it's the solstice as we said and uh it's a time uh, just kind of a cool thing to think about we have uh you know, solstices and equinoxes and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of fun to read about it and share it with your kids. So it's, uh, just something that's, uh, kind of, you know, something celestial to chat about this time of year. Now here's something I was thinking about the other day, you know, um, every once in a while there will be a pharmacy program in your community where they'll say, bring your unused, uh, uh, prescriptions and will recycle them and i always used to think well that seems odd because if you just pitched them wouldn't that be the same because it's not like they're going to any dangerous spot they're probably going to end up in a landfill or whatever mm-hmm. but believe it or not in the last few years a new survey indicates that close to half of the world's rivers have at least some level of pharmaceutical contamination.
1: I uh, yeah, I didn't. That's something you don't really think about.
2: You don't think about it. Leading the list are antidepressants, antihistamines, and painkillers. Uh, and these, while they're detectable, they're at what they call mostly safe levels, meaning that it shouldn't have any long-term effect on the aquatic and animal life contained in the river but they are saying now that more and more of these rivers are getting uh, what they call questionable levels of pharmaceutical contamination and they don't know what the long-term effect is going to be
1: that is an incredible topic that i have never once thought of and it's something to think about i mean when you've got your medicine cabinet in your master suite uh, loaded with all kinds of, you know, uh, canisters with with over-the-counter or prescribed drugs that you may or may not have uh, used and you just want to get rid of them. I mean, think about that before you just throw them out. You may want to have those recycled uh, at your local pharmacy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And they were saying that uh, most of the contamination comes from pharmaceutical manufacturing as well as farms Uh, farms, believe it or not, because, you know, when you are raising livestock, you need to medicate them and there is a certain amount of runoff from farms. So they don't know what the long-term concern is going to be, but yeah, instead of just pitching and or flushing your unused meds, think about recycling them because while it's not a problem at this moment, could be a problem a little further on down the road. Uh, you know, you were mentioning the heat, and um what what is a a great treat when you're super hot
1: well top of my head is a swimming pool so if you don't have one you better
2: make friends with somebody that has one yeah well think of something that you could buy in a grocery store that would make you say oh this is a delightful and refreshing treat on a hot day.
1: Well, I'm going to go ice cream because not only is it cold and frozen, but I'm a huge sweets and sugar guy. So if you're if you're sure. looking for me to say something healthy, I won't.
2: <laughs> no, you nor should you. No, ice cream is a good thing. Uh, but I was also going to recommend popsicles. And you'll appreciate this. French's Foods, which is a famous food manufacturer, is teaming up with Happy Pops to create a ketchup flavored popsicle. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it doesn't sound right, does it?
1: What? there's not anybody that was craving that or wanting
2: that. (laughs) It's funny that you said that because when they tested it and they tested this uh, product in Canada, they asked a number of people to candidly rate, you know, how you enjoyed it as a snack. And most people just said, no, I just, this flavor combination just does not work in my mind. So yes, sadly, the vast majority of uh, Canadian testers said they were not thumbs up for, though you're going to love the name, the French sickle, the ketchup flavored popsicle.
1: Yeah. If they tested this in Canada, wouldn't they have to have frozen gravy? Because they put gravy on their (laughs) French fries. I I don't, I I actually, I would rather lick a frozen hunk of gravy than frozen ketchup.
2: (laughs) Frozen ketchup. Yeah. So you're not the only one, but yeah. And uh, it didn't say whether we should be concerned. That the uh, the French sickle will be appearing anytime in the United States. You know, we were concerned about murder hornets not too long ago. Now we have to be concerned about uh, ketchup flavored popsicles.
1: Yeah, well, you're right. There's a lot to be concerned about from COVID to monkeypox <laughs> to ketchup popsicles. Uh, now,
2: you, now you know a ketchup popsicle could be coming to your these, freezer case soon.
1: These are the end of times.
2: would that be great this is proof positive oh my gosh! oh hey a new survey says that approximately one-third of americans reveal that they have no plans after graduating school and that's whether you graduate high school or college so that's actually a pretty uh high number of americans saying they have no real plans one-third one-third and as you and i know This is a little troubling because, you know, we're running into a situation in our country, some controversy about, uh, you know, how much higher education costs. And then that is also combined with the fact that many students have a high amount of student debt. And you and I know if you've got a great income, student debt may not be an issue. But if you kind of approach your education and say, hey, I don't really have any big plans for afterwards, student debt uh, becomes an issue pretty quick.
1: I wonder what the percentage of people that don't know what they want to do is 10 years after they get out of college. Or high school. I, I mean, I, yeah. I there's still a lot of, uh, there's 60 and 70 year old people that don't know what they want to do.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. You know, and it's just, it just, for me, it was interesting. That's why I always love these surveys. To me, it's like, I don't live by the results, but it is kind of a snapshot at the way we live our lives. Now, according to the Pew Research Center, and let's face it, you, you've undoubtedly heard about the Pew Research Center. We all have. Mm-hmm you know that they're creating some serious research. In fact, you and I should go visit.
1: (laughs) That should be our, that's our plan.
2: That's our research plan to go to the Pew Research Center. But uh, according to their calculations, 38% of Americans older than the age of 25 had obtained a bachelor's degree, which is an 8% increase since 2011. So the corollary on this story is more people are going to college which is a potentially positive thing to have, you know, an educated populace. But uh, perhaps a bit alarming that one-third of Americans revealed they have no plans. No plans. All right. <laughs> no plans. That well, kind of sounds like me. Here's
1: my advice, do not get into uh, the industry of radio. Keep that plan to yourself <laughs> and do that as a hobby.
2: I actually work with a young man who is obtaining a degree in broadcasting Um, and uh, while I would be irresponsible to dissuade said young man I have kind of said hey are you kind of certain sure this is what you want to do (laughs)
1: yeah it's weird you know there are so many different uh, angles you can take with that degree that has nothing to do with actually broadcasting maybe it'll pay off for him
2: Oh, absolutely. And the kid's very sharp and bright, so I'm not concerned. But like you said, I rarely bump into guys that are like pure radio guys, and they're pursuing that degree at the college level.
1: When you were in college, you you could study and graduate with a degree in radio. Uh, We're getting to the point where your degree in radio is going to be like a history degree. You're just going to be studying the history of radio.
2: (laughs) Well, yes. Or, you know, like you said, there's some degree fields like, you know, we're certainly not critiquing any of them, but a philosophy degree might not help as much as you think.
1: Maybe. And they're part of that one third that maybe doesn't have a plan.
2: And I apologize my to job. any
1: philosophy majors listening to the show that actually have a plan.
2: Good for you. My, my degree will allow me to be professionally philosophical. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, we always talk about athletes that give, and this is a feel-good story. He recently earned a $1 million bonus for winning an IndyCar race. They had uh, kind of an internal competition with the IndyCar drivers that if you won on a street course and you won on an oval and then you won on a... uh, on a, uh, Oh, what is it, the third type of circuit? You know, it's like they go street circuit, then they go road course. And then oval, if you are able to win all three of those races, mm-hmm. you get a $1 million bonus. He got his $1 million bonus and then split it with a Nashville based organization that helps people find pets. And it's called wags and walks. It's a pet adoption center.
1: That is uh, an amazing story. I did see that on uh, television, and it, it just really, really warms your heart to see a professional athlete th- that earns that much money get a get a big bonus like that and uh, and share it with uh, some organizations that need it. Uh, pet adoption, you say?
2: Yes. Wags and Walks said that they'll now be able to build a brand new adoption center, and Joseph Newgarden selected this particular. Uh, charity because he got his dog Axel from there and Axel is according to Joseph Newgarden one of the most important members of his family.
1: Well and now we know that Joseph Newgarden is a Guns and Roses fan.
2: Yes we do we kind of do know that but yeah uh, I thought that that was impressive sort of putting your money where your mouth is and we've always said you know you can either contribute time or money Uh, Most of us have one and potentially not the other, so good for Joseph Newgarden.
1: You know, Jay, there is a chance, though, that that Newgarden isn't really a Guns N' Roses fan because the axle is a part of a car. So which one do you think it is? Do you think he just named the dog after a part of his race car, or do you think he really likes Guns N' Roses?
2: I've been around Joseph Newgarden. It's definitely guns and roses,
1: <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> you know, cause man, you got to figure if you're going to drive an Indy car, and especially at the Indianapolis motor speedway at almost 230 miles per hour, you're listening to guns and roses. You're not listening to, uh, Michael Buble. I'm no, just, you know, totally agree. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. So good for him. And yeah, uh, Give where you can, uh, especially for organizations that are are near and dear to you.
1: Yeah, his dog's not named Kenny G, is it? It's Axel. No!
2: (laughs) It's Axel. (laughs) This dog is a heavy metal dog. Oh, good. That's good. Hey, here's supposedly a new way you can be much happier at work. This is a little phenomena that's cropped up. It's called summer fridays and i don't know if you've heard of summer fridays
1: i no, i, I have no idea what uh what summer fridays could be i, well, I, I could I probably know. deduce that they, it's something that happens after the summer solstice <laughs> on the on friday
2: that's all i got for you you know i've got it narrowed down that this particular event occurs <laughs> in the summer on a friday, on a friday. i got that but, much uh yeah, a new survey of workers said that uh, workers said that if you give me a short Friday, that can inspire more work happiness. So that was an actual direct study they did about workers that are happy in their pursuit of employment and their current jobs and so if you are an employer and you're hearing this, think about possibly shortening your workers Fridays because it's supposedly a simple fix to make someone significantly more happy.
1: I totally agree. I, uh, I see that in our office here at the station uh, on Fridays after about 2 p.m. Uh, you suddenly <laughs> notice there are less people
2: here. Yeah, so what you're saying is whether summer Friday is an official uh, officially prescribed program or not, that Summer Friday is sort of insinuating itself into the work area.
1: Yeah, I, I believe this study um, <laughs> is already happening uh, in, in uh, corporate settings across the country. In fact, there are a few people that start this on Thursday afternoon.
2: <laughs> yes, there's some people that are now implementing what we call a Summer Thursday and Friday.
1: Yeah, the little three-day work week. Uh, hey, during during the these uh, warm months for sure
2: and i know we probably don't have much time yeah left. You, you know you our nailing we've got so about short. 25
1: seconds here jay
2: well, I got to tell you, just stay safe during the summer months. As you know, this is when the emergency rooms get busy and you mm-hmm. should stay out. And I'll just leave it at that. All
1: right. We'll do a follow-up. I'm sure you're talking about uh firework safety. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, That's next. We'll, yes. we'll do
1: that on the next episode of the show. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ritz on Instagram. I am at Adam Ritz show.
0: The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics audio out of home marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.